I just set out with the goal of I'm going to go here. I'm going to do the best job that I can do to save who I can. And so if I look at it that way and I'm doing the best job that I can, and if I see someone come off the ventilator and go home to their family and hold my hand and say, thank you, like, thank you for everything that you did. I remember when you came into my room and you told me it was going to be okay or you told me what medications you were doing, I could hear you. And when you think no one can, you know, they can't hear you, they actually sometimes can't. So it's motivating in itself to know that I can possibly save a life and get you to go home. Hi, my name is Kelly Edwards, and this is Let's Go Together, a podcast from Travel and Leisure about the ways travel connects us and what happens when you don't let anything stop you from seeing the world. It's been over one year since the COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted our daily lives. For many of us, this has meant sheltering and working in the relative safety of our homes. However, for the brave medical workers fighting the pandemic in our hospitals, this past year has been much more of a harrowing experience. Dealing with life or death situations every day while having to live in isolation from friends and family. On this episode, we talked to Dina Wallace, an intensive care unit travel nurse who has traveled the nation, filling in crucial ICU posts on the front lines of the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi, I'm Dina Wallace. I'm from Natchez, Mississippi, and I now live in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been an ICU nurse for nine years, and I've been a travel nurse for five years. So what is a travel nurse, and how do they differ from traditional nurses? So a travel nurse is a nurse that will travel outside of her home to find work or to do a nursing job. So with that, hospitals will pay you extra to come to their hospitals. So say if I'm living in Atlanta and a hospital in Los Angeles needs a nurse, they need an ICU nurse, they'll pay usually double for you to come out there to work at their hospital. So you pack your bags and you head out and it's, you know, always an adventure wherever you go because it's usually a city you're not familiar with, you get a chance to explore that city. It can be fun, 13-week assignments at a time, or it could be longer, sometimes it's six months, but usually 13 weeks. And it's really the same kind of work. You're just going into a new environment. We do the same job as the nurses there. The only difference is we're not at home and they're, you know, at home with their families, can go home at night to their home or their house. And here it is, we're, you know, very far away from home. Right. One thing that I have, you know, heard about travel nurses, something that you pointed out earlier is that you guys are compensated very well. And I see now with more information, that's because you're not at home and you have additional expenses and things like that that you have to incur, you know, while being on the road. So I appreciate the the context in that because I was just looking like, oh, they're out here balling right now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, double the pay to go to a whole nother city. It doesn't sound bad to me. And that thought is obviously having nothing to do with COVID and coronavirus. Right. That's just being a travel nurse in general. It takes on a whole different type of context once you add a pandemic into it, which is something that, you know, we'll definitely get into. Why did you decide to become a travel nurse? Well, I actually decided to become a travel nurse. I had just gotten out of a bad relationship. And so I just wanted a fresh start. I wanted a fresh start, new city, a new location, new friends to just start over. So I was in Atlanta. And I just got out of the relationship, so I took a job in Los Angeles. Beautiful city. I really enjoyed the people and exploring the food, having the beach really close. I could go to the beach one day, and it was just like, wow, all these different cuisines I had never tried. So it was just very exciting and still be able to do what I love 
as far as going into the hospital and taking care of patients, it's the same, you know, diagnosis, but the only thing that is different is the people that you're dealing with is different. It's a different environment. Absolutely. Speaking of environments, you said how you quickly adapted to the Los Angeles life with the beaches and the great cuisines and, you know, the restaurants and the people. But how is it challenging? Well, how challenging is it to keep adjusting to new work environments? It is very difficult. You're going into an environment where the doctors are not familiar with you. You don't know where everything is as far as your equipment and your supplies. The people that you're working with, they don't know you. So it takes time for them to even trust you as a nurse that you know what you're doing. So you have a point to prove going in um, as a nurse to show that I am competent. I know what I'm doing and I can take care of patients just as well as you are. Absolutely. So you have to go in with, you know, your best foot forward and show that you are knowledgeable and able to do the job just as well as anybody else. Absolutely. Because I've definitely heard of the challenges of as a travel nurse, of going to new environments with even the staff, wondering if you have the qualifications to be there. And and a lot of times it sounds like at times, you know, being a rift between people who are on staff and people who are travel nurses per se as well. I agree. You go into that environment and it's kind of like, oh, you're the travel nurse, but you're not a staff nurse. They kind of, I don't want to say isolate you, but they do. Mm -hmm. They have their core staff and their core friends. And sometimes they don't talk to you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they stay with their friends and they laugh and joke. They don't laugh and joke with you. They kind of look and see what you're doing. Make sure you're doing your job, but they're not going to socialize and make friends with you because it's almost like you're an outsider. Mm -hmm. And so I just go into my job and just go in and I do a good job. And once they see that I'm doing a good job and I'm competent, they start to give me a chance. Mm -hmm. But by the time they start to give me a chance, my assignment is almost up. So it's like you were so closed off to giving me a chance until you saw that, oh, she's not so bad, you know, and you give me a chance and then we can be friends, but we could have been friends from the very beginning. (laughs) Exactly. I always tell people the one thing I will say about going into new environments and traveling the world is that you have the opportunity to meet new people when you're going there and also when people are coming to where you're at. And I just really wish that people would be more open in that aspect. Has traveling always been a part of your life? Traveling has always been a part of my life, but it's been more part of my life in my 30s. I talked to my sister, her name is Iman Gurley, and she's a chef. And so she basically was married, and she has a little girl, and she talked to me one day, and she said, you know, if I had it all to do over again, I would travel the world. I would go to every country I wanted to go to. I would go on these girls' trips. I would live it up. She's like, if I was your age, and I had to do it all over again. I would live my best life right now. She was like, that's what you should be doing. And it was almost like a switch went off. Like, I should be doing that. Like, why am I not doing that? I'm at a point where I'm not married. I don't have any kids. You know, I can really travel the world if I chose to. And I made that choice to um, do that in between my travel assignments with nursing. I made sure to go to countries I've never been to, travel with friends and have just the time of my life. And have those memories and pictures to look back on. And I totally have loved every moment of it. That's amazing to hear. I mean, you can tell that even just from looking at your Instagram, how much (laughs) you, you know, (laughs) you love the travel life. Back to your career as a travel nurse. What does the typical travel nurse assignment look like? So you'll talk to a recruiter and the recruiter will ask you what city you would like to go to. Say it's Los Angeles, because we've been talking about that. So I'll say Los Angeles, he'll ask me what kind of pay rate I'm looking for. I will give him a range and he will talk to the facility. 
and a facility will shoot back some rates to him. And we'll talk about that. And then if we all agree, we're all in one accord, then we'll go forward with the interview. And so I'll interview with a the manager. They'll ask me, what's my experience in ICU? How long have I been a nurse? And some managers will actually, you know, go into different questions about ICU, like specific questions about something that any nurse would know in ICU. So say the patient is septic, what would the vital signs look like? What symptoms would you see with that patient? And so they know that if you're an ICU nurse, you know what's going to come first, what's going to happen, what orders are going to come. And if you're not, I guess, a skilled or you know, been a nurse a long time, maybe you wouldn't know all of that. And so they try to like make sure they're getting the best of the best with those questions. And you said the assignments are normally around 13 weeks? 13 weeks. So about uh, three months a piece. If you really like an assignment or the facility really likes you, they'll ask you to extend. Mm. And so for me, I actually extended in L.A. for like a whole year, like every 13 weeks. They're like, you want to stay? I'm like, yes, I do want to stay. <laughs> so <laughs> I love the city. I was like, yeah, I want to stay here. There's no way I want to go back to Atlanta right now. So I stayed all year. It was such an amazing experience as far as making friends and going to the beach and doing acro yoga and Venice Beach was beautiful. And so you just fall in love with L.A., but then you just still miss your family. Right, right. I can definitely see that. And that's one thing about traveling. We love to go. And then at some point, it kind of hits you that you have people behind in some sort of capacity that miss and love you. And you think about that and you're like, oh, I I, sh- I wish I could see them too. And then it leaves again. <laughs> you're right. like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll holler at them when I get back. <laughs> so true. Like, I promise I'm coming. Like, I'm coming. We're going to have like all kinds of dinners and hugs and kisses. I promise I'm going to eventually come home, right? <laughs> Absolutely. What's your typical process when arriving in a new city? When I first arrive in the city, I try to make sure I unpack the essentials, like uniforms I might need, equipment I might need for my job. I make sure everything is out that I need for my job. The day before, I always go and see how far is this facility because you think you know how far something is, but you really don't. So you want to see where it's parking for employees, and that way you're not late going into the job thinking, hey, this facility is 15 minutes away, but with traffic, it might be 30. And so you want to like kind of pace yourself because you don't want to be running into a new unit as the new nurse and then you're late. And so you're already starting off on the bad foot. Let me just tell you right now that just hearing (laughs) that you're incredibly responsible (laughs) just to have that foresight, because I'm going to be honest, when I worked in, you know, corporate, I never was plotting on wondering where the parking lot is because I would need that extra five to 10 minutes. And you're absolutely right. You do. You do. You do. So if you're listening to that, whether you're a travel nurse or, you know, you work in any type of job, please scout (laughs) things prior to arriving on the new job. This is amazing information (laughs) by Dina. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It really paid off because I've had, experiences where I didn't do that and then I'll be rushing into the facility or running at that point because I'm late and so then they look at you like hmm, here comes the travel nurse <laughs> she's late like look at her like making all this money and you can't be on time so you just hate to start off that way oh yeah absolutely absolutely what would you say your favorite assignment has been so far for me I love San Francisco San Francisco and I love Houston and then, um, of course, L.A. Those are my top three places that I've been. 
for me, the most friendly location was actually Woodland Hills in Los Angeles. The staff was nice, the manager was nice, the patients were nice. And so I was just like, wow, I wish, you know, all the units I ever go to would be like this because it was just like everybody felt like a sister or a brother. Uh, if I needed help, there was never a problem with that. And so, and the manager treated me like I was her daughter. Like it just made me feel at home. It became a home away from home. And if I could go and work at any facility outside of Atlanta, that's where I would start. A sense of community is just so important in so many different aspects of life. So it's great to hear that you found that, especially when sometimes things can be clicky. What are some of your most memorable moments in your travels, especially in regards to being work-related or destination-related? My favorite memories would definitely be in New York. We were in New York for the pandemic, and one of my friends, he actually was a charge nurse over a unit. And so um, when I initially got there, he was like, oh, come over to you know my facility. And so he was able to get me on his unit, which was awesome. And he also got his other friends on the unit as well. So everybody that worked on his unit, he already knew. And so it was like such a family-friendly environment. We'll order lunch and eat together. We would laugh and joke on the bus going home. And so it just made being away from family and dealing with a stressful environment much easier. It was the little things that really made dealing with COVID bearable. Absolutely. I I definitely could understand that. I wish I could work with some of my friends in my field. You know, I've had a couple of opportunities here and there, but don't let me and a few of my buddies get to host anything in the travel (laughs) space or, you know, uh, get get on this podcast together. It's going to be something else. You sometimes post on TikTok about the challenges of being a Black woman in nursing. Can you share a little bit on what that experience is like? And if so, how it also affects your travels? Oh, no problem. So for me, it's difficult because only 10% of nurses are actually African-American. And so it's great when you're in Atlanta and you're surrounded by other Black nurses. But when you go to a city like Los Angeles or San Francisco, and you're the only minority nurse on the whole unit, it can be very unwelcoming at times. And sometimes it can be just fine. Everybody accepts you as you are. But sometimes you can just feel the tension in the room. Like they think that you're not competent because you are a Black nurse. And so it's always having to prove that I am competent. I do know what I'm talking about. I know my drip. I know how to contact the doctor when I need to. And I know how to take care of my patients. And so it's been instances where I'm like taking care of patients. And it's like I'm just getting my day started. Maybe an hour into my shift, we have somebody come in and say, oh, you haven't done your charting and you haven't charted X, Y, Z. I haven't sat down yet. I haven't even sat down to do that part of my job yet and you're judging me. And so I've had instances like that. And I've had instances where I'll get the hardest load or the hardest patient on the unit. Just meaning that that patient is super sick. They're probably on dialysis. They're probably on ventilators. Extremely complicated cases. And you'll see other nurses with the easiest cases surrounding you and you are running and you need help. And because you're a traveler, you ask for help, people act like they're too busy to help you. And so that's the part of travel nursing that I don't like. I actually plan on doing a blog just to express that because it's difficult being already being away from home and then for the people at your job to give you a hard time because they don't think that you're a good nurse makes doing my job harder than it needs to be. Dina's job became much harder over the past year thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. When we come back, 
we speak to Dina about her experiences fighting on the front lines against the coronavirus. I'm Kelly Edwards, and this is Let's Go Together from Travel and Leisure. My guest today is ICU travel nurse Dina Wallace. We're currently in the middle of what is quite possibly the biggest public health crisis in our lifetime with COVID-19. The ICU where Dina works is where the most life-threatening cases are sent. I asked her about working as an ICU nurse during the pandemic and how it has affected her work as a travel nurse. I started working in the pandemic in New York in March, and I worked that pandemic from March until June. And so from there, I was in New York, everything was fine. And we thought things were going to get better. And it did. It actually did get better for New York. But then it started to get bad in other places, especially Texas. So we went to Texas and I can't say all around, people are just much more sick with this disease. And it's very hard. It was very hard in the beginning to see what are we going to do? You know, you're trying these medications and there's nothing that really is proven to work. And so we're just trying other antiviral medicines because we don't have any. And people are dying very quickly, even with you doing everything you're supposed to. And it's still not enough. Like people are dying like flies and you're like, you know, usually as a nurse, when you do your best job, it's enough. You can change a life. You can get somebody home to their family. You can get them out of ICU. And with COVID, it's the exact opposite. You are doing your best. You are taking care of your events. You're updating the doctor on any changes with the patient. You are giving other medications. You're doing everything you can with your respiratory therapist to make sure that they get better. And they're not. And their family is calling every day, checking on them. Are they getting better? What are you guys doing? And you're updating them. And it's just no changes with the patient. The patient is still just getting worse. Mm. How many COVID assignments have you worked so far? And how has that been for you personally? This is my third COVID assignment, and they are decreasing the number of nurses that they need right now. So you just don't know how long these assignments are going to last, because even though things are decreasing here in Texas, they're recruiting now for New York again. It's like they slowly open New York back up. We're thinking, okay, Texas is taken care of. We're okay. We're thinking that, you know, we're finally going to get a break. And it's the exact opposite. It's like, you know, you think you're okay, and then all of a sudden it starts spreading somewhere else. So. Mm. It's difficult on us. And I know it has to be difficult on everyone else as well because you're tired of quarantine. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on the pandemic response as someone who has been on the front lines? I'm very happy with the response to the vaccines. I'm very excited that people have decided that they will trust the vaccines from Pfizer and also from Moderna. A lot of people were very against it at first, especially in the Black community. For me, it was just a matter of I'm in an environment that is full of germs and COVID all of the time. So I want to make sure I'm protecting myself the best that I can. So for me, it was a no-brainer. The science behind it let me know that was the best option for me. And so for me, I want for people to do their research and do what's best for them going forward. I don't want for you to just go off of social media and say, hey, I saw this on social media. And so I'm not going to get the vaccine. I just want for you to make an educated decision about what you're going to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. What would you say the most challenging thing about working in the pandemic has been for you? The most challenging part is, I think, managing the drifts that we're managing to keep people alive. It's, it's a lot more than usual for ICU. So 
usually with ICU, they will give you one patient that's stable and one patient that's unstable. In this situation, everybody is unstable. So you're like in one room, but you're constantly you know, worried about your other patient because they're unstable as well. So you're running from room to room, trying to make sure that these medications that you have hanging to keep them alive don't run out. Because if they run out, then, you know, that's something that would be on your heart forever that somebody, you know, passed away because you forgot one bag of medicine. Oof. So it's, it's very, very tedious. I know that any ICU nurse listening to this, they know that we're going to get extra bags hanging, not as many as we would like, but at least one extra bag behind that medication to make sure that, you know, as soon as it's time to switch bags or it's running dry, we can go ahead and switch that bag and make sure that no medications run out. Everybody is safe. Everybody has the medications that they need. And so you do that for about six days a week. And because right now they're only allowing us one day off a week. So when you're doing it that much, it just becomes exhausting. Absolutely. I mean, you're leading me into my next question for you. What keeps you going? How do you keep yourself from burning out? For me, I think that I just set out with a goal of I'm going to go here. I'm going to do the best job that I can do to save who I can. And so if I look at it that way and I'm doing the best job that I can, and if I see someone come off the ventilator and go home to their family and hold my hand and say, thank you, like, thank you for everything that you did. I remember when you came into my room and, you know, you told me it was going to be okay or you told me what medications you were doing, I could hear you. And when you think no one can, you know, they can't hear you, they actually sometimes can so it's motivating in itself to know that I can possibly save a life and get you to go home. And you hear about stories from the patient's family. And so with that, you get to know who they are. Like my mom is a chef. She's the best chef. She's the kind of person that makes the whole family laugh. And it's like we need her back home. Can we please send the heart of our family back home to us? Wow. And so try to keep that in mind that for someone's loved one, they want to see them again. And you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to make sure they do get home to their family. Wow, that's just, listening to you is just very heartwarming. Just the way you move and the way you take pride in what you do and how you conduct yourself. I would trust my family member with someone like you. And, <laughs> and I really, really, really hope that there are a lot of Dinas out there, <laughs> you know? that have the same sort of care and patience, you know what I mean? Because I've definitely had some experiences with doctors where I'm like, nah, I'm not going to see that one again, <laughs> you know, or, 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 you know, nurses that were rough. And even taking these COVID tests, you know, I have to take, I still travel. It's a part of, you know, what I do for a living. Yeah. And I'm always taking these nasal PCR tests. And some of these people are so rough. And I'm like, yo, oh like, be a little gentle. So it's just really nice to hear someone who doesn't sound like they rush and takes that extra gentle care because it's necessary. You know, when you are in a situation when you're in a hospital, especially during the pandemic, I mean, you're isolated from all of your family. So it's very important to at least be able to have someone in the facility that you feel like genuinely cares. So thank you for, for being like that. It's really beautiful to hear. What's something that you like to say to the public, especially to black and brown communities about the pandemic? I want to encourage them to get the vaccine. I don't want for the black and brown communities to be left out. 
of the vaccines because they're afraid of the side effects. I think that research has shown what the side effects are and enough people have gotten it that nobody has died. Like nobody is croaking over or becoming a zombie after getting this vaccine. Please do your research, like see if it's okay for you. Like if you do your research, I feel like, you know, you'll be more comfortable getting the vaccine and, you know, making sure that your family members are getting vaccinated as well. In some communities, it's harder to find. It's harder to find a site that's giving vaccines because they're going in an order of the elderly first, well, healthcare workers person and the elderly, and then it's open to the public, but it's hard to find appointment times where you can go in and get the vaccine. So I just want to say, be diligent, make sure that, you know, you look every day or even call. Like if the websites are saying that the appointments are booked, call and see, do you still have any cancellations on today? Can I still come in? Can you call me if someone cancels? Because I really want this vaccine. It would make a difference with getting more people vaccinated. I was talking to someone earlier and they were saying how they were trying to get vaccinated in their area and there was nothing available, but they did like, they went to another area code. So we're outside of the city in the suburbs. They did for that area code and they were able to find an appointment time. Mm. And so that just goes to show here as you were trying to do it in the inner city and it was nothing available, but you went on the outskirts of the city and you were able to do an appointment. So definitely look under every rock and make sure that you're using all of your resources in order to get vaccinated. Yes, absolutely. If some of our listeners are interested in becoming a travel nurse, what advice would you give them? I would definitely say if you're interested in becoming a travel nurse, go to a city maybe where you know someone already, um, maybe a family member or a friend. That way on your off days, you can be around someone that's familiar to you. Go somewhere that you've always wanted to go, somewhere that you want to go. Don't just go somewhere where the job is available because there are nursing jobs available in all cities across the United States. So go somewhere that you want to be, and it makes a difference. Instead of going somewhere that is a small town, you don't know anybody, there's nothing to do, and then on your off days, you really you do nothing, and then you have nowhere to go. That will put you in a hole, and you don't want to get depressed and sad. So you want to go somewhere where you can enjoy the culture and have fun with family and friends on your off days. And so it makes a difference on whether or not you enjoy your location and where you are and the work that you're doing. I love it. That's all for this episode of Let's Go Together, a podcast by Travel and Leisure. I'm your host, Kelly Edwards. You can follow our guest, Dina Wallace, on Instagram at Hey Nurse Michelle and check out her TikTok at The Sunshine Nurse. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Danielle Roth, Marvin Yu, and Lene Beck-Sillison. Thanks also to the team at Travel and Leisure, Deanne Kurzerski, Nina Ruggiero, and Tanner Saunders. This show was recorded in Los Angeles, edited in New York City, and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more at travelandleisure.com slash podcast. You can find Travel and Leisure on Instagram at Travel and Leisure, on Twitter at Travel Leisure, on TikTok at Travel and Leisure Mag, and you can find me at Kelly Set Go.